Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Very familiar portion of scripture. The heart is deceitful above all things. The New Living Translation says the heart, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Who can know it? Or who really knows how bad it is? That's a pretty, that's a pretty broad statement for the Bible to make. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. That's a, that's a big statement. That's a broad statement, right? Over to the book of Jude. I'm going to pull one verse out of this great um, passage of Scripture. So those of you who are still turning to Jude, Jude's in the New Testament. That's toward the back of the book, Brother Bo, just so you know. Just helping you out here, helping him out. Help him out, sis. I know he needs all the help he can get. See? I'm glad to see Brother Bo is using a Bible, right? I mean, if you bring this, right, to a sword fight, you're, you're dead, right? Amen? Your battery's going to die and the devil's going to beat you with the word. Jude chapter 1, verse 8. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers, tell your neighbor, they're filthy dreamers, defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignitaries. The New Living Translation says, in the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. If I say the names Al Capone, Ted Bundy, Jim Jones, John Wayne Gacy, you would recognize these as some of America's most notorious criminals. These men were some of the worst monsters ever known to the human race. They were, each in their own right, serial killers, pedophiles, bloodthirsty gangsters, mobsters that terrorized the streets of our country for very long periods of time. And, and so this morning I want to focus on someone or something that is worse than all of those. There is a terrorist. How many of you know what a terrorist is? Right? You can't live in 2020 and not know what a terrorist is. That's a person who uses unlawful violence and intimidation for political aims, for political purposes. And so there's another terrorist that's living among us, and one that is worse than Capone, Adolf Hitler, and ISIS combined. Tell your neighbor, that's pretty bad. But the truth is, this particular terrorist that I'm going to talk about this morning has absolutely no regard for you, has no, no interest, no regard for your family, and he doesn't even represent or respect the flag of this great country. But I would go a step further and tell you that this terrorist lives in your home, works every day at your job, wears your clothes, puts on your shoes, brushes your teeth every morning. The terrorist that I'm referring to that is worse than John Wayne Gacy, that is worse than Al Capone, is your own human nature. So, Brother Roberts, this is Christmas. You're supposed to lift us up. I want to help you this morning. 
the Bible calls him the carnal man. And we know this from the word of God, that the carnal mind is the enemy of God. The reason the carnal mind is the enemy of God is because it's not subject to the law of God. And according to the Bible, it cannot be, right? But this particular terrorist that I'm talking about is exceptionally ruthless. He or she is extremely self-centered. Anybody recognizing this person yet? He or she has no regard for God at any time or point of your day, no matter what is going on, right? But most importantly, this particular terrorist, this evil is more, and more powerful than Satan himself. That's a pretty big statement, right? And, and, and you know, we, we want to talk about this some this morning. So I recognize some things that in our society we understand what terrorists are. But in order to defeat this terrorist, there are a couple of things that we're going to do. We're going to talk about some of this. But after the terrorist attack on the Twin Towers of New York City, um, President, then President George Bush took the fight, to, uh, the fight against terror to the only place where he had a chance of winning. He took it to the actual home of the enemy. And so a couple of statements that I want to make as we get into the lesson this morning. Conventional warfare will not work against this terrorist. Conventional warfare will not work against your human nature. How many of you understand that human reasoning will not get it done? Anybody ever knew something was wrong and you did it anyway? Be honest, right? You know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, but Jeff is going to get just a little bit. I've been there once or twice, right? And so this, this spiritual foe can only be defeated through spiritual means. And so this terrorist is not going to be, God, not going to, he's not going to be defeated by any means or any measure of the flesh, but you already know that. And so the only way to overcome this is through the Spirit of God, right, and through the Word of God. It's, it's the control, it's what it is. And so this terrorist, this nature of this terrorist, right, I know Pastor used this this morning, but I already had it in my notes before he got here today, right? Zerubbabel said, not by might nor power, but by my spirit. It's a fundamental principle of the word of God. The Lord was telling the prophet that the only way that Israel was going to get victory over what was going on, this pattern, this repeated pattern of failure and sin would be through the spirit of God. So let me just make a couple more remarks. I want to tell you, uh, and Pastor's not in here right now, but I'm going to say the same thing if he is. Pastor Staten cannot defeat this enemy for you. Sister Staten cannot drive him out for you. You can't wish him away. You can't worship him away. You can't clap him or her away. You can't even, God forbid, apostolic people dance him away. You can't do it. It's not going to happen, right? Because you cannot control that, old, that nature inside of you, that sinful nature, without the power and the love of the Holy Ghost, right? It takes a, a, a consistent living for God on a daily basis to even bring some semblance of control. But I'm thankful according to the Word of God. We remember, how many of you know what Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says? But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And I love this part, and you shall be. You know what? We, we serve, I'm glad that I serve a shall be God and not, a, not a, a you shall have God. He's a God who said you shall be. Jesus taught us this principle that there's no difference in his power to save, to deliver, or heal. No matter what the need is, there's no difference in God's power. 
How, how many times do you understand that in our flesh we struggle with, we believe that God can save us, but we struggle with the, with the ability of God to heal us, or we struggle with God's ability to deliver us, but we, we kind of, we, we, because we put it in this scope that I'm going to talk about some this morning, we put it in a perspective where we can limit God by how we feel or how we think. And, and the Bible says that after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. And so I'm talking to the people of God. I understand my audience this morning. And, I, and I, I'm talking to shall be people that we have the power to overcome our own nature. But the truth is, the, the reality is sometimes I just don't want to. I know I shouldn't have that piece of pie. But there ain't no way it's going back in that refrigerator and I'm not going back on the couch. It ain't happening. If it was pumpkin, it could go. If it was sweet potato, well, it's going to be, a pro it's going to be an issue, right? But understanding this, I'm, we're not talking about pie. We're talking about that, that, that nature inside of you to do wrong. Not, it's, not, it's not something so simple, but it's that part of you. And I, I want to help us because I, I, I see in people this, I see in the people of God this repetitive nature where, where we, we, we do good for a while and then we fall. And we do good for a moment and then we fall. And then we do good for a while and then we fall. And it, it appears to me that it's the same old thing that keeps tripping us up, right? And so I began to ask myself, why do I hate me so much? What? You know, the Bible tells you I got to love me as I love my neighbor, right? And you know, I got to love my neighbors, I love myself, right? And, and so the, the, the point is that you need to understand that there are some basic tactics that the enemy uses. There are six basic tactics that the enemy of your soul that lives inside your home, that works and lives inside of you, is going to use. He's going to hijack. He's going to kidnap. He's going to bomb you. He's going to have armed assault against you. He's going to assassinate. And he's going to barricade and hostage He's going to have some barricading and hostage incidents. We're, we're going to talk about some of these. And so these are the six basic tactics that the enemy that lives with inside of you is going to use to defeat you. Now, here's what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 4, and they'll put it up on the screen for us. Peter says this, whereby, and you're, you're familiar with this portion of Scripture, are given, this, given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And all the apostolic people danced and shouted, right? Why? Because that by these, you might be the partakers of the divine nature. How many of you are glad that we get the divine nature of God? Amen. But Peter just kind of throws this sentence in, this next sentence, and it seems kind of out of character. But he describes the people that now have, that now have this divine nature. Having escaped corruption, tell your neighbor corruption, corruption. that is in the world through lust. So Peter's topic is the promise of God, but the promises that make or allow us to be the partakers of that great divine nature, but his last sentence does, de defines for us this byproduct or the power that comes from God's divine nature is escaping power. How many of you are escape artists? Nobody? 
Right? You, if somebody holds you down, you can't get out of it. Bad idea to hold me down. <laughs> truly, truly bad idea. When I was a kid, I think an adult, I, I knocked a tooth out with my foot. I don't, don't, don't hold, nah. That space thing, it's a real thing. I talked about that, right? Don't, don't get in my space. Don't get a hold of me. Do not hold me down. It's a bad decision, okay? So he, he's talking about this, and he's talking about this escape power. The only way that we can get away from the corruption that lives in our world, he defines it as lust. But the Bible says that lust is not a product of the world. Lust is a product of the heart, okay? And so I began to look into this. The King James uses the word corruption. It's the Greek word phthora, and it describes destruction, deterioration, decay. But what I found unique or interesting about it is that this, this, this destruction, this deterioration, and this decay that we have escaped from or that we're escaping from, it comes from an internal source. Right? And so every time that I find where this particular word, and it's only used a handful of times in the New Testament, where it's used, it describes some type of bondage. And Peter's describing the people of God as having escaped or having gotten away from this corruption that has an internal source. And so the only way that any humanity can ever get away from, escape this lust and this corruption that is innate in our own flesh is through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's through that divine nature which lives in us. But it only happens if you and I decide, we make the decision that we're going to crucify our flesh. Now, the Bible tells us plainly, we got to crucify, we got to mortify the deeds of the flesh. How many of you just think you could get up in the morning and go, what can I kill in me today? I didn't see a single hand come up. You get up in the morning and look in the mirror and you go, man, I think I should just kill, and you fill in the blank today. Nobody? My grandfather, my father's father, was a very unique man. He had some very odd idiosyncrasies. I remember as a little boy, I learned some bad words from my grandfather because he would talk to himself in the mirror in the morning and didn't like himself. He would literally curse himself out in the mirror in the morning. And, uh, you know, my mom said, where'd you learn that word? And I said, I heard Papa say it, you know. And, and I, I learned that. And, and my, my mother said, okay, when you're shaving, he can't be in the bathroom anymore. Okay, we, we got we to gotta cut that off, right? But this idea, right, Jesus taught us, James taught us, it's all throughout the Bible, that it's not the things that come into a man that defile a man, but it's the things that come out of a man that defile us, right? And so this corruption, this spiritual terrorist works the same way that, that, that military terrorists work. They infiltrate specific territory that they want to take over, and it wants to harm from within. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, I know some of you, I spent all this time laying this foundation because some of us still sitting here this morning are having a hard time understanding that your own heart wants to destroy your spiritual life. But according to the Word of God, you've escaped this internal corruption, this, this source corruption and decay and deterioration that is going to degrade your life over time. It's no matter, no matter what you do or how you do it. And, 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 and some of you are still going, okay, yeah, he's not talking about me. He's talking about them other people, right? But this, this works the same way. But God's Word gives us clues for identifying and defeating this spiritual foe. In Jude chapter, or Jude, Jude verse 8, he says, These filthy dreamers defile the flesh. Most, most other translations say that they pollute 
or defile their own bodies. And so the first step in defeating a spiritual terrorist is that you got to know one when you see one. Now, I, I, I haven't been to the Middle East. I haven't been over, o- over there. I, I don't know what, what, what a terrorist looks like other than what they've shown me o- on the news, right? And, and so one of the most frustrating things that our troops have when they're faced with this war on terror is identifying who's a bad guy and who's a good guy. That's the hard part, isn't it? And when I look in the mirror, Sister Maddie, I'm not my grandfather. I don't think of myself as a bad guy. I don't get up in the morning and say bad words to me. I'm just not in that habit. I I really got past that at some point really early on. And I've never stood in the mirror and said, you know, you're a blankety blank, 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 beep, 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 beep. I haven't done that. I haven't used expletives to describe myself. And I hope that you don't. If you do, we got some therapist that'll help you. It's really a bad scene. It's really a bad design, right? And so, you know, you, what you got to understand is that when you look in the mirror, you're looking at your greatest enemy. I, I want to convince you of that. And so what are you saying? I'm saying every thought in your mind, right, doesn't come from you. Every thought that goes through my mind doesn't come through. But I'm influenced through my thoughts. You're influenced through your thoughts, right? And you process information through your specific world filter. Brother Trey, you've had a different life than I've had. You did not, you've not experienced some things that I've experienced. But I, on the other hand, I've not experienced some things that you've experienced. And so our life filter is different. Every one of us have a slightly different filter, right? And so what we're talking about is it's, it's hard for me to believe that I am my own worst enemy, right? And so here's the thing. We all see the world completely differently. And so recognizing the enemy when he looks like me is very difficult. Right? And so our troops are going through Baghdad or whatever city, and, and the bad guys look like the good guys, and you know, just because they're carrying a gun doesn't mean they're a good guy or a bad guy, and so it's really hard to tell. And so sometimes the attack comes from the least likely place. But Jude says that these, these dreamers, how can, I know, how can I know that it's an attack from the wrong place? How can I know that it's the terrorist that it's attacking me? Because he said these dreamers pollute their own bodies. There's three specific things, and we'll try to, to cu- try to break these down a little bit. They pollute their bodies, they reject authority, and they slander spiritual things. They stand against anything that's, spirit- that's spiritual. And so I began to kind of dig into this a little bit, and the word that's used here in Jude 8 for defile or pollute is the Greek word miano, and, and it means to stain or to paint with dye. Figuratively, it's referring to the staining or the defiling of the soul. And so what are you saying? What I'm saying is, is because you have a worldview, you have a filter that you filter all information through. When information goes through your mind, it's filtered. Nothing passes through your mind without filtering in your natural world filter. Now, in the real world, filters are designed to clean and purify. Anybody? You, you with me? We got this... Uh, filter on the refrigerator where you get water. And every time I go up there, the thing's flashing, change the filter, change the filter, change the filter, right? And my wife's like, are you going to change the filter? And I'm like, no. And she's like, why? I said, because that filter is not, it's not, it's not changed by the amount of water that goes through it. There's just the two of us in the house and we've not drank 500 gallons of water. I know for sure in six months. And so I'm going to reset that filter and let it go because it's set on time. 
And so every filter is a little bit different, right? And, and so, you know, when we're talking about a world filter, that, that, that filter is stained. Your filter, the way that you view life, has a stain, a tint, a dye in it. And so this, 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 uh, it's referring to there's something in your soul, it's called life experience, that is filtering the information that is coming into your life. And so it's defaulted to protect you. It's defaulted to protect your natural man, and it is not defaulted to protect your spiritual man. Amen? It's not at all. And so sin, we know this, stains the soul. There's a lot of word pictures that we can spend some time in the Bible and look at and see how, how, how really important this is. But if you were to go to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, here's what Peter again writes in a different place. He says, after they have, again, escaped, there's that escape, the pollutions, there's the corruption, the decay, and all of that of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what happens. He see, this is the negative side, that they again are entangled and overcome, and the latter end is worse than the beginning. That's pretty bad stuff, isn't it? That's pretty negative. That's what, that's what that person, that terrorist that lives in your life, right, he wants to get you entangled again. He wants to get you overcome again, right? And so, you know, you, you come to church and there's this cycle. You come to church and, 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 and you get a great message preached and you get a little, you come to an altar and you get a little bit of victory and you go home. And, and what happens? The life begins to filter back through that stained and tainted filter. And now your perspective begins to go back. You, you left church, you're on fire, you're 100%, you're ready to go. You got faith, you're, re- you're, right, you're, you're loving God. And by Tuesday morning, you're in that mirror again. Bleepity bleep blank 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 bleep 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 blah 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 right? And, and so here, here's how this works. Let me kind of give you some of this. This 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 world's information creates pollution in our thoughts, and they they that has to be filtered. You have to filter everything. How many of you believe anything that you hear on the news? God bless you if you can listen to that mess and believe anything. I'm convinced of one thing, nothing. If they say it, it cannot possibly be true, right? But I, I looked into this word, this miano, the root word mia means tainted at the source. And so it's again describing the same effect. Everything that passes through that filter is stained at the source, and so I have a hard time because I know everything coming in from the media and most of the things that I'm seeing from the outside is tainted, but I have a hard time believing that things coming out is also tainted. But as I began to read and study in the Word of God, what happens to this, through this, this root word, Mia, is that it literally becomes reconstituted or altered or changed, or as the King James Version would say it, it becomes polluted. And so here's the first tactic that the enemy does. He begins to attack our thoughts. Anybody know what it means to be hijacked? Right? You take something that's not yours. And we know the scripture. Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, many of you could, could quote this. Paul says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ, or obedience of Christ, right? So here's the thing that I, I, get from, I get from the Scripture, that thoughts can be captivating, and thoughts can be held captive. And, and so here's, the terrorist can get you to focus on something else. Literally, he can capture or captivate your attention and get it off God. 
said, Brother Roberts, you know, in the last five years, you've preached nothing but distraction, 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 distraction. You know why? Because the primary attempt of the enemy is to captivate your thought and get your focus on something other than the presence of God. I promise you, I sit up here and look back there more than you do, and I, I look around the congregation during worship time, and I see people engaged, and I see people... Well, they're captivated. Their thoughts are elsewhere. Something else is going on. And so here, here what, what, what are you talking about? Say, here's, what, here's what I know. The heart wants what the heart wants. You ever heard that, right? And so the heart is tainted with its source. There's, it's reconstituting. It's altering the information. And it justifies itself to get what it wants all along. And so if the enemy, this terrorist, can, can hijack your thoughts and get you focused on something other than truth, Get us to become captivated by something that is not true, that is not real, something that is not important. And I said, okay, hold on a second. Here we go. This is the world that I live in. Because the world wants you to focus your attention on all of these things that are not nearly as important as the salvation of the soul. And so there are many good people who spend more time researching what the weather is going to be today than what the Word of God says today. I can dress for the weather. I can look at, I can check the weather in a second and go, but I need to know what the word of God says. Why? Because there's an enemy living inside of me that wants to get, that's going, going to try to captivate my thought and my focus and my attention and get it put somewhere other than where it belongs. See, here's the thing. Truth and freedom, truth and liberty are inseparably linked. Now, I know this. Many Christians are concerned, and we should be, about the systematic loss of religious liberty in our country, right? We should. But Jesus said it this way. He said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so what happens is if he can captivate your thought, he can bring in, he can institute worry and fear and anxiety and all those things. And so here's my point. You cannot afford to be casual about the truth. Amen. We can't afford to be. We cannot afford to be casual because this enemy that's living inside of you wants to downplay everything. Yeah, man, we had a good service. Not nearly. Doesn't have the same passion. Doesn't have the same vigor as the Gators won yesterday. And, and I, I got I to gotta watch myself. I got to make sure that my, my focus isn't captivated by something so much that I'm not, that, that, that next step that we're going to get to, that I'm not losing, I'm not losing my attention. It's not moving away from what it would be. And it's so easy because life happens. Now remember, everything is filtered. Everything is filtered. Everything that comes in has to come out through the filter and the filter is stained. The filter is tainted. The filter is reconstituting. It's altering everything. You, we've seen that. We understand that. And so when I say we cannot afford to be casual about truth, what I'm talking about is that everything that comes in to us has to come out. And so pastors talk about it. He doesn't want there to be a place where we don't have liberty in our service. Why? Because, because if the enemy can get you captivated... If that terrorist can, can hijack your thought and get you focused on coronavirus, he can steal your worship. He can steal your desire and hunger for the Word of God. He can get your mind in a place where the Word of God is not. He's, he's hijacking your thoughts and sealing your focus. Now, here's what Romans chapter 1, verse 24 and 25 says. And I love this portion of Scripture. Paul writes this, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. Same word, polluted. 
right? Same word, corruption. Same word used throughout the New Testament. There's talking about this internally sourced decay and deception, right? Through the lust of their own heart. That kind of ties it together. What? They dishonor their own bodies. Same thing that Jude said, right? Look at verse, look at the result of this. The uncleanness came from their own heart. The terrorists that lived inside of them began to change the word of God, right? And they changed the truth of God into a lie. Now that's dangerous. That's a dangerous thing that happens. What are you talking about, Brother Roberts? I'm talking about there's a terrorist that lives inside of every human being that wants to take the truth of God's word and change it into a convenient lie that supports their fleshly ideals. So we've got to understand that this is a very specific ta tactic of the enemy. And so here's the thing. During the war on terror, the, the, these extremists, they, they hijacked Islam and its symbols. Now, listen, you've got to know what I mean, what I'm talking about here. I, what I mean is that every believer in Islam is not necessarily a bad person. Now, I don't agree with anything they teach. I don't agree with anything that they, they believe. But what, what I am saying is that I don't really believe that every person who believes Islam is out to do me harm just because I'm an American. But, but, but understand this, understand this. Because the enemy that lives inside of me wants to captivate and capture my thoughts, if I'm not careful, I can begin to filter that through, right? I can filter that through, and I can, I can see somebody wearing a turban, which I don't wear turbans, right? They're different than me, and I can begin to filter that and say, wait a minute, you're out to do me harm. Anybody? You with me? So the second part, this brings me to my second point, and I'll kind of tie all this together in a minute is that the enemy kidnaps our attitudes. So he's going to hijack my thoughts. He's going to kidnap my attitude. And so for many people, the terrorist that lives inside of them literally captivates or captures their thoughts, and then he begins to kidnap their passions. How many of you know that your attitude is your passion? Right? It really is, right? And so the war on terror has hijacked some of my attitudes. At least it's to some extent toward Middle Easterners. I, I, I'm just being transparent, just trying to be honest. Before 9-11, a man with a turban or a woman wearing a, bur a, a burqa didn't stand out to me. But after 9-11, I tend to be more cautious. Why? My attitude. Why? Because it's now filtered through a stained portion, right? Through that thing that's inside of me, that internal corruption, right? And so that terrorist wants to get your focus on something through that's polluted and something that's not true or not totally true. And then he begins to kidnap your attitude. And it's pretty easy because all of the information is coming out of the source. And if the, if the terrorist can change the way that you see things, you're going to filter everything through a lie. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that there's a terrorist that lives inside of me that wants to capture my thoughts and get me focused on something else. And then you're telling me that this same bad person that lives inside of me wants to refocus my passion, my energy, my attitude on something else. Yep. Well, you know, it's my job. No, no, no. It's not your job. It, it's, it's this, it's that. It's not, it's not those things. Because what... That attitude comes from you, right? It, it, it's really, it's coming out. And so what happens is to prevent our thoughts and attitudes from being hijacked and kidnapped, right? You need the spirit of God to renew and to reorient your affections. Do you know, I mean, you know, listen, if, if you didn't have a terrorist living inside of you, you could come to church, get the Holy Ghost, 
God could change your life and you could go home and live holy, perfect the rest of your life. Be good, right? But we got to come back once a week, twice a week, four times a week, seven times a week, eight, 12 times a week because we need, right? Because there's literally somebody living inside of me that wants to take me to a devil's hell. And, and the thing, he's trying to reconstruct all the information that I get. He's trying to manipulate it and turn it around. He wants to kidnap my attitude. I watch people come in, walk, in, walk into the kingdom of God. I watch them walk in. They've made the effort to get to church, Brother Scott, and they get here, and their mind is somewhere else. And because their mind is somewhere else, the enemy begins to kidnap their attitude, and they're worried. They're, that's an attitude, right? They're worried about what's going on, or what's going to happen, or what could happen, or what might happen, or what, and, they're, and all of a sudden, they can't worship. Why? Because now they're kidnapped. They're literally taken hostage by the enemy. And, and so all of this great stuff is happening. The, the praise singers are, pray, are, 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 are singing and great worship is going on and pastors preaching a good message. And the whole time they're like, they're somewhere else. They're not there because they don't recognize. And they never, ever, 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 ever connect it to themselves and say, this is, this is the terrorist living inside of me. They, no, no. It's, they, they say it's this or it's that, and they begin to blame it on something else. But the truth is, I am in charge of my attitude. I am the one. The Bible says that I've got authority to captivate and capture my thoughts and to bring them into subjection, into obedience to Jesus Christ. That's my responsibility. That's my job. That's my. Right. And so if, I'm, if it's going to happen, I'm going to have to do it. And so the other side of this, right? He, you know, God's provision, all this great stuff has happened. And now the enemy, he wants to kidnap my attitude. But then he doesn't stop there. That sin that's in my life has, has hijacked my thoughts. It, it's kidnapped my attitude and my passions. And then it begins to bomb my emotions. What you talking about, Brother Roberts? I'm talking about something unexpected happens. Just, you know, the car breaks down. Newsflash, cars break down. Everything that goes forward will one day stop. Things, you know, I know, I know, I know that law, things in motion tend to stay in motion. If you don't put gas in that car, the motion will stop. If you don't do proper maintenance, and even if you do, at some point, the motion will stop, right? Every, everything, right? And, and so the enemy, this terrorist, drives right through the door of your life delivering an explosive package, a car bomb. Just walk, right? You're, ha- you're going along. Things are great, right? You've got all your thoughts in the right place. Your attitude's right. And all of a sudden, kaboom. Anybody been there? This week, today, this morning, right? And, and you know, instantly... What happens when the enemy begins to bomb in your emotions, right? The bottom falls out, right? And, and what happens? Instantly kills every ounce of spirituality that you've worked so hard to get. Yep. Come on. I, I know where I'm at this morning. I'm talking about, man, you were on fire for God, and all of a sudden you're back in the mirror. You blink, 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 blink. Huh? Why? Because there's an enemy that lives inside of you, and he plays on the emotions of your humanity. Remember that filter, that negative situation, that undesirable circumstance. It's filtered through this ideology of self, and you can't get around it, right? I don't deserve this. I'm a victim. It's all about me. Nobody cares about me. No one loves me. I'm the only one who's ever gone through this, and the list goes on and on and on. And this terrorist, this spiritual terrorist, brings confusion into our emotions, and it literally has you unhinged. And you don't know what to do. 
Man, I, I, I gathered up my thoughts. I, I, got my, I got my attitude right, but all of a sudden, I'm just out of nowhere. Just a car, just, just boom, all of a sudden, boom, it just blows up, right? This was what Peter was writing about in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. He said, they've escaped that corruption, that pollution, that, that decay of the world through the knowledge that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says, again, they become entangled therein, and they are overcome. This is what happens to the good people of God. This is what what happens to you and I? We're, we're doing great. We're ha- we had a great church service. We had a pretty good week. And all of a sudden, it's Friday afternoon, and I'm going to get paid. And the bottom falls out, and some catastrophe happens. Oh, my God. There's a water leak. The, the dryer won't work. The washer broke. The dog peed on the carpet. doesn't matter what it is. Right. Brother Roberts. No, no, no. And this bomb comes in. Why? Because you've got to recognize that that circumstance is maybe beyond your control, but that emotional response is not beyond your control. But because I've got a spiritual terrorist living inside of me, I follow this pattern of up and down and down and down and up and down more. And, uh, and I get tangled back up in the same thing. And I'm like, God, I, I thought you delivered me from this. Why? Because I, I go back to that old habit. I, I, I'm now I'm captivated. I'm focused somewhere. And my attitude's starting to stink. And just because I drove the car right in, right? And so if I'm going to bring my emotions in line, right, it's going to have to happen, right? Because here's what the Word of God said. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, you need to know this. The Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts, it divides the soul and the spirit, the joint and the marrow, and it exposes it's a discerner of those thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so here's what I'm saying. What are you talking about, Brother Roberts? I'm talking about this, that if you're going to, you, that filter that's innate inside of you, the only way to change it is to begin to filter those things through this Word of God. It's the only thing. I, I know. I, 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 that, that's, why the Bible, that's why the Bible says we got to think on these things. We gotta, why do you need to read the Word of God? Why do you need to put your phone down and get you an old book out and begin to read what the Word of God says? Why? Because you've got a filter inside of you. There's a terrorist that wants to destroy every ounce of spirituality. And the only thing that you can defy that with is filtering through the Word of God. That's why you need a prayer life. Because when that, when that emotion comes, you've got to have an altar. You've got to find a place to begin to pray and say, God, create. Come on, somebody. Because if not, you're going to have captivated thoughts and stinking attitudes and your emotions are going to be all over the place. That's why that's why we come to the house of God. That's why we still worship when bad things are going on. Why? Because I'm not going to be captivated by that thought. I'm not going to be overcome by that emotion. I'm, there's a terrorist living inside of you. There's a terrorist living inside of me and he looks just like me. He's got a bad haircut just like mine. That crazy woman, I told her, cut it finger length. I didn't know she had fingers the size of Carmen's. If I wanted pastor's haircut, I'd have got a razor out. The good thing is about trade will grow out. But I could have let that emotion bomb my life. What's wrong with you, you crazy lady? I paid her for it and gave her a good tip. How stupid is that? Oh. 
something. Listen, listen, listen. It's the small things. It's the little things. Come on, they're so explosive in life. They derail our spirituality, and you come in, and pastors preach the best message you've ever heard. Brother Roberts has taught a great lesson. You came in, and there was a great spirit of prayer, and you can't get in. You're, you're not getting nothing. Why? Because that terrorist, you're filtering it through that filter, and all that corruption and deceit and all the decay and all of that. I'm not going to filter that. I want to filter through the Word of God. I know the thoughts that I think of you, said the Lord. They're thoughts of good and not thoughts of evil. Oh, God's out to get me. Oh, shut up, you terrorist. I can deal with the news media. I can deal with all of those things. But sometimes I got to look the guy in the mirror and say, no, 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 no. Today, you don't get to affect my attitude. Today, you don't get to steal my focus. Today, you're not going to wreck my emotions. But you've got to make that choice. You've got to make that decision. You've got to let the Word of God do that, right? You've got to let that. Because then he comes along with the next step, and he begins to assault your life with fear. Captivated thoughts, kidnapped attitudes, bombed feelings. If that's not enough to crib for your spiritual growth, he's going to add in his own element of fear. Fear changes how you live, Brother Trey. It makes you feel the need, listen to me, for additional levels of security. How many of you went to an airport before 9-11? Now, <laughs> all right, buddy. You know, spread them, pat them down. Body cavity searches. Good Lord. No, no, the, the same thing happens to us spiritually. Because something happens and now you're filtering through fear. That, that staying, that internal source. Something negative happened. Somebody in the church didn't shake your hand. Something bad happened. Somebody said something about you, right? And now you begin to filter through fear. And what happens is, is now, I, you know, I, I can't have, I, I can't captivate my thoughts. Why? Because fear is assaulting me. I, I can't, my, my emotions are always kidnapped. They're always under some, why? Because, because fear has got me assaulted. Well, my, my, I've always got this bomb going. Why? Because, because, because of all this fear, right? And, and so this is what happens. Every negative situation, every negative circumstance now is filtered through fear. Oh, there's a new bump on your body. There's a new growth. It must be cancer. Be honest. The terrorist has said it to you, right? And so this is the tool that the enemy uses against us to make us miserable and destroy our lives. And it begins as a thought, and it, and it creates an emotion, and it can rule us, and it becomes intense, and it becomes strong, and it, it, it will prevent you from doing what God wants you to do. It paints everything in a negative light. But then he goes on to the next step. He assassinates our spiritual growth, captivates the thoughts, kidnaps the attitude, bombs the feelings, cripples us with fear. And then he uses this assassination. The guy cuts you off in traffic. That offbeat person who's not picking up on your social cues that you're sending. That rude or weird neighbor, right? You know what? It becomes so easy to judge. And, and judgment just gets worse from there. The filters become so stained that everything comes through a critical lens. Listen to me. It's a progression. It's the basis of hate, 
It's the basis of anger. It's the basis of racism. It's the basis of every ism you can think of, right? And listen, listen, as, as the people of God, we, we, we need to know how to love, right? Studies, studies show this, that in the eyes of many non-Christians, Christians are known for being judgmental. In the, in, the, in the eyes of people that don't know God, Christianity is known more for judgment than it is for love, right? And, and so here's, here's what we need to understand. You remove grace from truth and you don't actually have truth at all. All you have is a cold, hard imitation. But if you remove truth from grace, you don't have, uh, all you have is a, a spineless imitation. But you need to understand that we beheld. The Bible says in John 1 and 14 that the, the word was made flesh, right? And we, and, and we beheld, what we beheld is glory, the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. What are, you, what are you talking about, Brother Roberts? I'm talking about this. Listen, the world doesn't filter anything through love. It filters everything through fear and hate. But that's why the Word of God and the Spirit of God, what the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The Word of God teaches me that I've got to love everybody, right? Listen, that's why I've got to have this filter. I've got to add a filter in. You know what? I'm telling some folks, there's a, there's a, there's a flashing light on your life. It's saying change the filter, change the filter. And you're going, no, 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 no. I don't want to change the filter. It's not time. I don't agree with that light. That light's just confusing me. But the, the whole truth is I've got to break out the Word of God and say, you know what, God, wash me again, cleanse me again, create in me, renew within me. Why? Because if not, we blame too much on the devil. We give the devil too much credit. It's not the devil. It's that guy that I had to shave this morning at five o'clock. It's that guy that didn't tie my shoes right this morning. It's that guy, right, that didn't get breakfast. It's that, it's that lady that, that, you, that you had to dress this morning. It's that person inside of you, and you've got to understand, why do you need the Word of God? Because it's a filter for life. It's going to expose some things that are living inside of you. Because that's what happens when you, when you allow your, your thoughts to get hijacked and your, and, your, right, and, and your attitudes to be kidnapped and your emotions to be in turmoil all the time and fears assaulting you. You become judgmental and critical. Oh, not me. Oh, yeah, you. Just like me. Just like every other person. Why? Because there's a final step. Give me the next slide, Sister Simone. The enemy barricades and begins to hold you in a spiritual hostage situation. What are you talking about? I'm talking about go read your Bible. Watch the, watch the nation of Israel repeat. You know, it's like a washing machine. Rinse, repeat, do it over again. Rinse, repeat, do it over again. They would move toward God. They would backslide, fall. They would repent. It's a spiritual cycle that, that happens, right? Why? But Sister Maddie, it starts with the thought. It starts with that captivating thought that gets my focus and my attention off God. Well, you know, Brother Roberts, i got to drive the car. I, I, I know, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you go through the entire day and you haven't given any thought to Jesus Christ. You haven't given any, any thought to the things of God. You haven't given any, you haven't opened up the filter. And so what happens if you don't open this filter, everything in life gets filtered through this filter. And this guy's wearing a turban. This guy's got a gun. This guy's trying to assassinate my spiritual life. He's trying to destroy everything that I believe. And that, that's, what the, that's what Paul said. It exalts itself against the knowledge, the things that I know to be true about Jesus Christ. How many of you that your own flesh has told you God doesn't love you? 
That's the terrorist. And so what happens is if you, if you allow that pattern to, to continue in your life and you don't, listen, this word of God is so powerful, so needful, so great. It, it, you have to filter those emotions. You have to filter those thoughts. You have to filter those attitudes through the word of God. How can you come week after week after week and have the same stinking rotten attitude? There's no filter. You're still filtering it through the flesh. Well, I can't change my worldview. No, no, but if you get an experience with God and you begin to experience repentance and you begin to experience God's great salvation and God's mercy and God's grace, God will begin to move all of that tainted filter. He'll begin to change that. Yeah, that's the renewing process. We're renewed by the Holy Ghost. We're walking in newness of life. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's the power of God. Brother Robert says, December, you should have taught a message about Mary in the manger. I'm trying to help you. I I want you to understand that there's there's something inside of you that wants to destroy you. What do you you mean? What do you go? I I can start with a very simple thing, Brother Steve. When the worship stops, I I can make sure that nothing is captivating my thoughts but the presence of Almighty God. When the worship starts and, and I get my thoughts in the, in the right place, I can make sure that my attitude is one of gratitude. I, I'm not worried because somebody's sitting in my seat. I'm not upset because I don't like what's this or that. Or I'm, I'm not filtering. I'm gonna, I want to filter it through the Spirit of God. And, and listen, if, if you gotta, that's why you've got to have a prayer life. That word of God's going to filter so much, but you sometimes you got to bring those things into prayer and let the holy. That's why you got to pray in tongues. Paul said, "I thank God. I pray. I speak in tongues more than y'all. Why? Because Paul said, I got to filter these things. I got to make sure that I'm turning this over. Because inside of me, there's something that's living." Brother Roberts, you just came to church and called all of us terrorists. I did. And you need to understand something. I, I, I don't want my life to be a hostage incident. I can't allow my flesh to take me hostage and not allow me to get into that great, clean presence of God. The Bible calls it a river. And I watch it flow through here on a weekly basis, and I watch some good people that never get their feet wet. Well, Apollo, today I want to do the backstroke. Keep your clothes on. We'll swim spiritually. Okay? But I, I, I want to I get out where that water is moving, where the Spirit of God. But it starts with me bringing every thought into captivity. It starts, it, it, it moves to me making sure that my attitude is right. What are you talking about? Worship is an attitude. Right? It, it goes on to the, to the fact that, that I'm not going to let my emotions be bombed be destroyed, to be wrecked by some circumstance. You know what? It's okay. Bad things happen. God is still good and he's still on the throne, right? I'm not going to keep moving down that path. I'm not going to let that cycle repeat, but I'm going to define that corrupt spirit that lives inside of me and say, not today. Lift a hand and pray with me. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. 
So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait.